Hello everyone and welcome to our brand new podcast, um, The Albion Social. So this is a brand new podcast that's going to be looking at all things Westbrook Albion, so match previews and match reviews. Uh, before we start, I'd just like to introduce myself and my co-host. So if you're unsure of who I am, my name's Brad and I'm from at Albion Insights on Twitter, or X as it's now called. So through my page, I do everything such as threads, um, stat reviews, previews and everything in between. So I've been running the account for about a year now, just over a year, and I wanted to branch out and try something new, and this is that something new. So I know I'll pass over to my co-host, Alf. So if you want to introduce yourself, be yourself. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Alf from the Baggies Bible. Um, I'm sure you've seen us about. Um, know what we're all about, all about the Albion. Um, and, yeah, we just wanted to branch out for what we do. I think what we do has kind of got a bit, Samey, samey, um, and we see Brad and Albion Insights as you know a great up and coming as such account, I suppose, uh, that we can you know we can join forces and create a podcast that you know the Albion fans will want to listen to and hopefully eventually get onto and share their opinions with us. So yeah, looking forward to the future. Yeah, definitely. I think I'd like to echo that as well. I think <clears throat> there's a lack of um interactions with, with the fans on Albion Twitter. And I think like Alf said, my content's gone a little bit stale as well. I wanted to just freshen that up. And I think this is the perfect way to do that and interact with some of the fans on Albion as well. So looking forward to it. Okay then, so now all the noise is out the way, let's get into the nitty gritty and sort of look at um, the talking points of today. So I think the main talking points, what we both want to look at are the uh, match review for Millwall, um, as well as our previous form, how we've utilised our players previously and how we can utilise them going forward, a potential change in formation, maybe from the three at the back, and also looking at Preston and maybe a few more games going forward as well. So, how do you think, as an Albion fan, we played against Millwall on Saturday? Yeah, I, I thought we played quite all right. Uh, I'm not going to say well because it wasn't. It's, it's. I think we've built on how we've been playing. I think Carlos has took us back to you know basics, pragmatism, obviously with the five at the back. And uh, you can tell it's paid off in some aspects uh, with the clean sheets, we've stopped conceding goals. Uh, and I thought Saturday was about as balanced as a performance as I've seen probably since Carlos's brilliant run when he first came in. Uh, so I thought it was a positive, positive performance. Obviously it had its downsides. Um, but I feel like, again, but you keep saying it on, a, on another day, I think we beat Millwall. Yeah, I think we started the season out sort of conceding too many goals, shipping very sloppy, sloppy goals. And Carlos sort of had to look at that and go, well, with the players at my disposal, how can I fix this? I think the, the main sort of, his main goal was just to stop those silly goals and sort of 
nullify our attack. And, and you can see that because in our last three games, we've, we've drawn all three. We've, we um, haven't won in four. But on the other end of that stick, we've only conceded four goals in four games compared to the start of the season where we were shipping at least two, three goals a game. So I think, yes, we've, we've lost that attacking threat, but it, it was a necessary change. And I think now we need to start looking forward a bit more about how we can start moving up the table, how we can start utilising our, our flair players better, how we can start going forward more and being, being more effective. So I think yeah. that that's Carlos's new new headache, really. Yeah. yeah. I think my other point as well about Millwall was we've seen a lot of changes from Carlos with, with the um, personnel, and we've seen players like Yukuslu and Wallace dropped. But also, I think the the main, the most baffling point for me was the drop of Cedric Kipre. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a shock for a lot of fans um, because. He's up there with, well, not the first couple of games of the season, but the, the last five or so games, he's been one of our better players, 100%. Yeah. And I think we did really miss him on Saturday when we watched the game because we had um, Bartley, Peters and Ajoy. And if you looked at that lineup, the, the those three centre-backs a few years ago and say, OK, here's Albion's new back line, you would go... <laughs> What the hell? Are you... <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> you wouldn't be happy. No, a, a thirty-five-year-old Eric Peters, the 30, 30 year old Carl Bartley, and semi joy it, It's a recipe for disaster, really. But I think it, it's worked in the sense that there's a lot more men at the back, so we we are conceding less goals. But again, we miss Kipre with his progressiveness, with his ability to move the ball up the field, breaking the lines. I think. Carl Bartley doesn't offer that. No. Ajoy doesn't really offer that, and Peters doesn't really offer that either. So it's difficult. I think with the three at the back, it needs to be a mixture of, of the three. So yeah, that's something that Carlson needs to look at as well. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I thought you know the inclusion of Bartley. It's, it's got to have been to do with, you know, Millwall's physicality and stuff like that. The old, you know, cliches about Millwall. Yeah. Uh, maybe you would want Bartley in that in the middle of that three just to get his head on the ball. And, like, I can, you know, Bartley, that's his redeeming quality, isn't it? Him being a, a big old boy, getting his head on things. That's yeah. what he's good at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you do take your prey out, um, I think you do lose a lot in terms of ball progression, uh, quality on the ball. And, yeah, I mean, I can totally agree with what you're saying in terms of looking forward, progressiveness. Um, I don't think Bartley can be too heavily involved unless, like I say, you need a you need a big man at the back, which, to be fair, I think you can say that our back three, when it's uh, semi, Kipre and Peters, severely lacks in any aerial ability. Uh, Sammy's a big guy, but he's, he's not very, very, very weak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> obviously Peters, Peters isn't the biggest and he's not the best in the air. Kipre, again, I think he lacks in the air. So um, I think, you know, Barley's one of those players that will be called upon. Um, but like you say, if you're wanting to look forward, 
try and get a bit more attacking impetus going, you've got to be looking at Kipre even. Um, yeah, Kipre, Semi, maybe going back to that four, um, like you're saying about formation change. So, yeah, Carlos, got some, he's got some stuff to think about, especially with uh, the running games coming up, I think. I think the, the formation change is something that we might expand on a little bit later on um, in, in the pod yeah. as well. <clears throat> but um, I think for me, it's it also depends on the opposition that they become up against because, like you say, we, we want someone like Bartley who turn on to stats that are very impressive in terms of clearances and interceptions and blocks compared to someone like Kipro who... I never thought I'd say this at the start of the season, but he's probably one of our better players on the ball who can play it yeah. from the back. Even though he does have that the lapse of concentration, which does put us under duress sometimes, I think the the benefits what he does bring to the team outweigh the cost at the moment. So for the time being, I think he deserves his place in the team. But like you said, I think Bartley sort of took his place in the team because of the opposition. So does he come back in for Preston? I think so. And I think Bartley will be dropped because Kipre can only really play the central centre-back position. I don't like him as a left centre-back or a right centre-back. He, he played there for Cardiff. He played there <coughs> for Wigan as well. And I just think it was um, he's, he lacks that positional awareness, which was the same as sort of O'Shea as well. That, that was one of O'Shea's sort of lacking qualities where his position, positioning is very poor. So Kipper needs to be the central centre-back position and I don't think the space for Bartley that right centre-back because we yeah. need, a, need a joy space. But for all of his faults, a joy, we, we need this player, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's always been the case with Semi, isn't it? I think, but I think you've got to say, when it comes to Semi, mate, if he was a better defender, maybe he wouldn't need his pace. But I mean, you can... You, it's, it's a useful tool to have yeah. getting in behind, especially when you've got Peters on the other side. Is the you know polar opposite in in terms of pace, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do agree. I think if he doesn't go two or four, he keeps that three. I think you could definitely see Kupre coming back in in that middle position and uh, returning to that back three that we've had for most of the season. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think sort of staying on that same same point um, of Millwall, we could talk about the utilization of. The players that we already yeah. touched on previously, so that the dropping of the likes of Wallace, um, Yukuslu, and starting the likes of Sarmiento, Dean Garner, and Mowat, I think as well. He was probably our, our best or one of the better players against Millwall, I'd say. Um, how do you view the um the dropping of Jed Wallace and Yukuslu? <laughs> I do, think do, it's... do you think it's deserved? It, of course it is. I think there's no doubt of it being deserved. I think it's just, I think it's just been a case of who do you drop him for. Um, I think obviously you've had, I think Samianto is a left winger, so that rules him out of kind of the right wing with Wallace. I think I'm not sure if he played there on Saturday. I think it was Dean Garner on the right for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then obviously. Mowat's had a good few substitute appearances, but he didn't fit. Obviously, start of the season, Carlos was bringing on Chalabar for Yukushlu every yes. every game. Uh, last few games, he's brought on Mowat, and I think he's, he showed it well, gave him his start, and I think he's took it by the scruff of the neck. Um, I like the pairing. 
Mawa and Malumbe. Um, it's a good mix of technique and you know, energy. Obviously, uh, it's a shame because Yukushlu is one of the best players in the championship. Wallace is one of the best players in the championship. It's just they're not in form. They're badly out of form, if anything. So you've just got to kind of take them out of the firing line. Just cross your fingers that it is a bad spell of form. They have a bit of time out. Moat plays well. Dean Garner plays well on the right. Sarmiento plays well on the right. And, you know, Wallace comes back. Yukushlu comes back. Uh, rejuvenated. That's what you've got to hope for, I think. I think, again, that there's there's a bit of a clash on that left-hand side that we've seen over previous years. I think we've got so many players that, that, that can sort of play off the left. We are lacking that decisive sort of pace of Ingu can beat someone on the right-hand side. I, I think Wallace looks like he's sort of lost that yard of pace that he, he had. He wasn't the quickest to begin with, but he doesn't like he's lost that yeah. yard of pace that he, he can use to beat a man. Um, I think, again, like we had with Carl and Grant and Dean Garner, who can all play off the left. Again, Sarmiento, like she said, he's a left-winger. I don't think they're they're both as effective playing off the right. They're both more effective playing off the left. So it, it's a big call for Carlos to be able to go, well, okay, we, we've tried Sarmiento from the start as, as the fans wanted. And to be honest, he didn't really impress, which, which was a shame because no. I think a, a lot of people, including myself, were sort of advocating for him to get a start yeah. just, just from what he's shown. But I think he's quite quite a bit off deserving that, that spot in the first team because he's quite immature in possession. He, he doesn't retain the ball well and I think that that is one of the qualities that Carlos needs in his wingers. Yeah. Dean Garner's very good at that. He can hold onto the ball well if he holds the ball up. Matty Phillips as well. He's looked tired over the last few weeks but he can still hold yeah. the ball up and, and he can link play. And I think Sarmiento is more of a player where you get the ball into feet and he will drive at players. But if you're playing against a team such as Millwall in a low block where it's a lot of long balls out of possession, he's not going to be effective because he doesn't have any space to drive into. It's all blocked up. So I think, again though, you'd say that, but Dean Garner looked very effective against Millwall. Yeah. So, is it a case of a system issue or is it a player issue with Sarmiento? I think um, Sarmiento, I think it's, it's probably a bit of both, you know what I mean? And mm. the occasion of Saturday, like you say, when you when they're low, when they're blocking low, Sarmiento's got to beat three or four players before he gets to a byline or that kind of stuff. But I think Sarmiento's got so much raw dribbling ability it's like he's in like a, a cage do you know what i mean he's like five aside yeah where he's just he's just so fast with his feet but i think he just lacks the mental side where he needs to get his head up he needs to beat a man and get his head up and like i said i think grady does that really well um he knows when he's beat when he's done his job and he could just pass it off he did it when on saturday and he, he just Got out of that little tight space the Albion put on Twitter, didn't they? Yeah. And he's he, he yeah. gets out of that little tight space and he knows he, he doesn't have to beat another man. He has to pass it off and then we cycle the possession. So Sarmiento's lacking that, I think. Just that 
that IQ. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, my only worry is that I don't think that's taught. You know what I mean? I think that's just natural, natural, yeah, talent. I think as well as Simon was was starting for Brighton, he was coming off the bench for Brighton the last season and looked very impressive. But as yeah. as well as that injury he suffered, which is probably the main reason why he was lined up to the championship. Do you think maybe it's an ability thing as well? Do you think Deserbi's looked at him and gone, is he Premier League ready? Is it decision making up to yeah. the standard? Because yeah. think, like that's what sort of separates the championship players from the premiership players. Can you make the right decision at the right time? Can you lay the ball off? Can you take someone on? And at the moment, I don't think he has that ability to to make up his mind, essentially. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like that that is why he's here. That's It's a kind of paradox, isn't it, where he's here because of that, but we're complaining about him because of that. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's our job to develop it. But I think he's, I think he's got the productivity just in terms of raw, head-down, dribbling ability that he will get goals and assists from that. Mm. So I think you can kind of carry him in a sense just off that and you can kind of overlook the IQ he gets his minutes bright and benefit because he's developing he'll develop you know situational awareness that he lacks um, but yeah I think it's just a matter of giving him minutes but then it's like does he deserve the minutes I yeah. think a lot of people say yes I'm not sure uh, the the only the only thing with that is obviously the alternatives. Now, I'm not Swift's biggest fan either, um, <laughs> but uh, he's he's obviously been our most productive player this season. So he's to me, he's got to start on the left, and then you know you got Wallace, Dean Garner, Cancelo, play on the right. That's what you're looking at, really. I think it's too. It's not as straightforward as people see. Where Dean Garner, uh, Sarmiento comes on. And he's head down, dribbling the players, and then he's got to start next week. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a lot more complex than that. And I think his ability suits an impact substitute because he can get on, get the ball at his feet, and start running at players. If you're 1 1, and he gets 1 on 1, he can beat a man. And that's where you score that late goal from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that the thing with Sarmiento as well is that. Because this is where we sort of differentiate in our views because I feel like Simon deserves those minutes. But again, he, he hasn't completed um, a 90 in I, I don't know how long. Yeah, like, when he was at Brighton, he was an impact substitute when it came to yeah. us. He's been an impact substitute for the last six, seven games. That that was his full 90 minutes. The first full 90 minutes in maybe nine to 12 months. Yeah. So again, it's getting back up to speed. It's a competitive league. It's a very competitive league against a size such as Millwall, where they're very physical, they're very in, in your face. Especially players now, Ch- Charleston Denor for Millwall. He's a very, very good um, CDM, and he just isn't going to allow that that, that spacing behind the side mental needs yeah. and wants, in my opinion. Yeah. So, for me, I think I don't think he will start against Preston. I don't think he's done enough to warrant the, that, that start either. But I would like to see him getting some more 90 minutes in the coming weeks. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. So that brings us on to the next point. 
of <clears throat> change in formation, a potential change in formation. So my view at the moment is that okay, the, the three, the five at the back, whatever you want to call it, is working defensively. As I said earlier, we're sort of lacking offensively. Well, we are lacking defensively because we haven't been working the ball into the boxes we did for the first few games. We haven't been taking shots. We haven't been creating those chances that we did in those first few games. And I think it, it was needed, but now we need to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, well, we're languishing towards the, the bottom of the table. Yes, we're only seven, eight games in, but there's a lack of positives in our performances. Yeah. So the formation that I think we should start to move towards is maybe the, the playing Swift in a more central role. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I think Carlos edge possession uses him as a sort of a second striker to use him using to press. I like that, but also I, th- I think I want to see Mowat brought into the team. So I think for me personally, I would like to see central midfield of Mowat, Malumbi, and Swift. Yeah. So you have the two holding players within Swift playing just in front, with Dean Garner off the left. Maybe Wallace brought back in on the right hand side because he he has looked a little bit more uh, on the ball in the past couple of games, yeah. and then obviously we, we don't have a lot of options up front at the moment so obviously <laughs> the yeah. BTA would be the, the main focal point but the the main sort of change would be in defence and if you're going to play a back four what would be your starting back four? Uh, it's, it's a tough one isn't it? I think uh, Furlong on the right and Townsend on the left is fairly straightforward obviously you can talk about you know, another a whole other topic with Pippa and you know, is Tanzan any good? Bloody blah, it's a big topic of debate on Alvin Twitter. Um, but I think the two centre backs is Kid Praying and, and Ajay, to be honest. I think Peters is just too slow for a four, really. Um, Kid Pray, obviously, it feels like we, we started at Blackburn with that pairing, and Kid Pray made a bit of a mistake. And that was like that was like, well, Kipre can never play in a four again. Do you know what I mean? He's, I think he's, he's got done. the ability. He's done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, just retire, mate. Like, you, <laughs> you are done. Um, but I think he's got he's got it, and it's like his faith. Do you know what I mean? You've got mm. if he's earned the chance to prove himself in a four, rather than go his whole career you know, being tarnished with the brush of he can't play in a four. He's got to play in the middle of a uh, middle of a three, so and then you got Semi's recovery pace around the back of him, which obviously Kipre is not the slowest, but it, uh, you know you, you might need that. And I think you've got a good building block from those two. Personally, I thought that from the outset of the season, to be honest. And obviously, what happened to Blackburn happened to Blackburn. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'd go with those two um, if we're going to look to. Go to a four for sure. I think the thing I'm most impressed about with Kipre is probably his mentality. I think yeah. <clears throat> when he when he went out on loan to Cardiff and come back, he didn't look like the same player. He looked more confident from the beginning, and I think that's probably from Carlos's sort of uh, man management. I yeah. can imagine that he's gone to him and said, "Okay, you're pivotal, pivotal to my build up. You're pivotal to my system." Now we've lost 
O'Shea. And fair play to Kipro for sticking with it and believing in Carlos and vice versa for Carlos for believing in Kipro because I'll be honest, at the start of the season after Blackburn, I was probably one of the the, the main vocals for to say that he needs to be dropped. He shouldn't should never play for Albion again. And that that was quite reactive from myself. But I think that, that was sort of an accumulation of performances we've seen prior to his long move to Cardiff as well. But since since Blackburn, since it was I believe he was dropped and then brought back for a game. No, he, no, he kept him in, didn't he? Just went to a five, I think. Since then, he's really impressed me. And I think he should yeah. retain his spot in a, in a back four. But I think I wouldn't... I would prefer to go with someone like Carl Bartley to partner him. Yeah. I think yeah. if you look at, at the, the back four, again, our, <clears throat> our biggest weakness is probably... Our aerial threat, the defensive defensively, we're very poor. I think Furlong's probably the best out of the four aerially, yes, which is insane yeah. to think for, for a right back to be so good in the air and better than six foot three, six foot two, so centre halves. It's yeah, it's strange, <laughs> but I think I'm not the biggest fan of Furlong. No, I think no. we, we spoke about this previously, and I'm, yeah. I'm not a massive fan of Furlong. I think he's he he can't can't really defend. He can't really go forward. He allows too much space for people to move into to allow shots and low crosses to come into the box. But one thing he does bring is his aerial presence. Yeah. I think apart from that, um, once Pippa's up to full full speed, I can't see Furlong being um, a mainstay in the Albion Albion side. Well, yeah. I think you've got the issue with Pippa is that from from what uh, people were saying, Huddersfield fans, whatever, he's kind of, he's, he's kind of got that uh, archetype of a failed winger, where he's not yeah. the best defensively and he just likes to bomb on, bomb on. That's why I thought against Bristol City, you kind of want to see Pippa, but then you've got Phillips on the left wing back position, and you think. Mm. You go Pippa on the right as well. You kind of, you kind of going all out. Do you know what I mean? Which maybe yeah. you want to see. But then I, I think, thought, yeah, on Saturday I think it was where Townsend played left wing back. I thought we might see Pippa, but he's obviously gone with Phillips again. Uh, that's why I think I don't. I would love to see him. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see him. And on the same team, I'm not Furlong's biggest fan at all. Uh, but it's. Uh, I feel like in a four, it might just be a bit too forward-thinking. I agree. <clears throat> I think that the implementation of Pippa would mean that Carlos sticks with the back three, back five, because... Yeah, yeah. As Pudisville fans have said, and as the fans that I've spoke with have said, that, yeah, he's great defensively. He, he's um, also almost like a foul winger, as you said, but yeah. defensively, it's the sort of the same errors as Furlong. And... Again, I'm I'm not sort of advocating for a back four switch because I, I but it's difficult to decide now. I think that that's Carlos's biggest headache. Do I stick with a back three, back five where we're more defensively solid, but we're lacking in in attack and we try and mix it up going forward with Grady and Simon and Tom and Wallace, or do we revert back to the four, maybe be more susceptible at the back again with um, a lack of a solid championship centre half. But then we're more aggressive going forward. Are we more? Are we clinical, clinical enough to utilize the chances that we're creating? 
essentially. And yeah. I, I don't think we are. Nah, I don't know where. I mean, it goes, it goes back to BTA, doesn't it? Where, um, yeah. No, I, I'm BTA's biggest fan. I, I love the boy. I think he's a great. I think he's a really good striker in terms of his hold up play, his link up play, his work rate. Um, he, he obviously on Saturday he got absolutely caned for that header. Um, mm. I didn't really think it was that much of a glaring chance. Obviously, you probably should score, but people, are, I think it's a build up of frustrations where the last that's now the last three games where he should have, could have scored. Um, but I think he, he brings so much in the uh, as a as a number nine that he, he goes under the radar a bit. And I think he'll develop yeah. that. He's he's twenty four. He, he he'll develop that finishing skill. Hopefully, uh, yeah. As you say, I mean, we 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 signed him for, for three hundred thousand pound from from League Two. So, but I mean, I, I got absolute pelters at the start of the season when we were um, about to sign him to Stoke, and I said that he just wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I like his work rate. I like his his mentality. His attitude. His work on the ball has, has improved, his link-up play, but he's just not a clinical striker. No. And I think, as you touched on about Simon so earlier, I think a clinical striker, it isn't taught. You either have it or you yeah. don't. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you can develop it to a certain level, but he's, he's not, he's not going to be a clinical striker, in my opinion. And... Yeah, he's our only option, and I think he is a good option. But the, the fans are starting to now sort of realise that the frustrations that he's never going to be that number nine that gets you fifteen, twenty goals a season. He's not. Yeah. Which is which is a no. shame. Um. But yeah, I, I, I think regarding BTA, I, like I said, I do like his work. Right? I like his mentality. I, I like him as a player. But is he? Good enough to lead, lead the line. Well, yeah, I mean, he's our only, he's our only option. So. He's our only option. So it's not even a point to debate, is it? Uh, no, exactly. But I think it's funny because I think once we have a few options um, where Maja or DK can come on, or BTA can come on for one of those, or BTA can play off the left, I think you'll see you know the pressure come off him. And I think those chances. And I think a, a point is, I don't think he's had many chances made for him since he's been playing for us. I can only think of, obviously, you know, you're saying that after the last three games where he's had a few good chances. But I feel like before that, the only one-on-one I can think of is one at home last season, but I think we was winning anyway, or we won the game. So it didn't really matter that much, you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, for his whole history with us, I can, it's like a handful of guilt hedged chances. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's, I do think it's harsh to fully, like, don't get me wrong, I completely understand. He's obviously not the most clinical, he's not the best finisher. But I think it's harsh to kind of judge a striker when he's not getting fed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it, it goes back to the old adage where a striker's just, just judged on his goals. Yeah. He, that they are essentially, and it, it's harsh on BTA. It, it is, but when you look at the the past three weeks, where he's had a couple of one on ones, he's had a, a couple of headers here and there, and I think that that was the same as last year as well, where it, the chances chances bubble to him, and 
that, that that's one area where I think it needs to improve. But uh, as you say, it's not really it's not really a point for debate because is our only option. <laughs> yeah, we got that one. Yeah. So I think that the last talking point we need to move on to is Preston Saturday yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Third in the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've been yeah, well, unbeaten, unbeaten since the start yeah. of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's blown my head off, to be honest. I mean, they've not really added many good players. I mean, I know Will Keane's a decent striker, um, but he's not like fire to the Premier League level striker. Outside of that, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm no Preston aficionado, but as far as I'm aware, they've not added nothing major. They've still got, I think they've still got Ryan Lowe in charge, where, you know, he, he did all right with Rotherham, I think, and then went to Preston, did okay, just like middle of the road. So, yeah, it's, it's blown my head off how well they've, well, how well they've done. But uh, do the stats suggest they should be that good? I mean, <clears throat> when when we played them last season, I think the Obviously, they've, they've exploded at the start of this season, but I, I did see signs of it last year with um, Alvaro Fernandez yeah. from United. He, he really impressed me. And I think the system that Lowe's implemented suits the players. They, they don't have these great championship players. You might, when you look at their lineups, and it's the likes of uh, Freddie Woodman. Like, yeah. he, he turned into. Prime Casillas against us last season, if, if you remember, like, he was saving everything <laughs> left, right, and centre. And he's he's a, he's a good championship goalkeeper. And when I look at the lineup, we got Alan Brown, Robbie Brady, Ryan Ledson, like the the, the good championship players. But yeah. compared to a squad such as ours, why are they getting the best out of their team and we're struggling so much? It's, it's probably the answer. I mean, if you look at the stats. Preston are um, probably one of the most clinical sides in the league. That they're first for goal conversion in the league yeah. at the top of everyone, but also they've conceded only six goals all season, which is the the second lowest in the league. Only Leicester have conceded less goals than Preston, so yeah. they're very effective going forward, very clinical, but also they're very tight and compact at the back. And it's when you look at the caliber of players. And the formation, how similar the stars are, why are they getting the results and we aren't? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just efficiency, as you say. Um, they're clinical with their shots and they don't concede. That's yeah. like, it's like there's nothing special going on. The, the, the basics of football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, the just, of football. yeah, they're just being good at football. That's it. Because yeah. all, all of their games are finished, what, like 1 0, 2 1. They haven't been scoring for fun, but they've been very clinical and they've, they've held on to the leads very well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's funny. It's ha- it happened to them last year, didn't it? I don't know if you remember. It was like their first seven games yeah. were 0 0, and they, were, they had 1 1 0 loss or win. And it was like they had like seven clean sheets or some, some, something crazy. So they've done yeah. that again, but just scored a few more goals and the, then they're the, top of the table. They've completely sort of defied all of the metrics <laughs> for, for for two seasons. Last year it was they were completely defying XG and the expected goals, expected points, stuff like that. I think they were around about mid table, sixth, seventh, eighth 
after about 15 games and we were one place below them but had scored 10 more goals but conceded like 18 less goals than them. Yeah. So if you look at the statistics, you look at sort of the metrics and stuff and the the plan at the skin, the, the plan for the manager and the very good hard-working players and the, that's the be-all end all of it. I think the more dedicated, it's been sort of building up for the past two years and they're a very good championship side and I don't think it's sustainable. I think they will sort of. I don't. I think they will drop off as the season goes on. But at, at the moment, they're a very good championship side, and they're, they're a side that I'm quite hesitant about playing. Yeah. No. Well, goes without saying. They're unbeaten, as you say, scoring goals, not conceding goals. It's going to be a tough away game. Um, mm. I think that's where you might have a shout for keeping the five. You might have a shout for keeping Bartley in the team just to kind of give that extra solidified at the back and they're not they're not rampant scorers so I think Carlos might be looking for the same as he's done in the last two away games where he's sitting back waiting for those opportunities to counter and hopefully nicking a 1-0 just hopefully we don't start as we did at Watford (laughs) uh, because that's you know plan out the window minute two so yeah I think <clears throat> my main concern with Preston is I'm not too sure on the on the stats, but I'm very concerned about set pieces. Yeah, they have they don't have a lot of height at the back, but they do have Liam Lindsay, who's impressed me this season and he's popped up with a couple of goals as well. But the main threat comes from Robbie Brady, in my yeah. opinion, on set pieces. He's a very very good free kick taker and um, corner piece taker and. I think if he keeps whipping those balls into the right area, it's the same as like Charlie Patino did when we played Swansea. We're really going to struggle. Yeah, <laughs> That's why yeah. I think maybe will Carlos look at it and go, okay, but we'll retain the three at the back, the five at the back, bring Bartley into the side again. Maybe start Kipper on the right. And obviously, Furlong retains yeah. the pass as well with his aerial presence. So I can see another sort of defensive performance. Um, but saying that, I think this may be a perfect game for Dean Garner. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I think he'll he can run at the likes of uh, Brad Potts and uh, Liam Lindsay, and he can make yeah. a real menace of himself in this game. I think he he needs to capitalise on his good performance from last week, go forward and really kick on. This is his <laughs> this is his last chance really for him to do it in an Albion shirt. Yeah, no, I agree. We've been saying for seasons now. Wait until he gets back up to fitness. Wait until he does this. Wait until he does this. And I think last season was when I give up hope with him. And I thought, okay, that he's done. But seeing him on Saturday, it was really nice to see him playing with a bit of confidence. Because he's a a confidence player, in my opinion. He played his best football under um, Slav. When, when when Slav was Slav was the epitome of a man management coach. Yeah, he, he had his arm around his shoulder and he, he really picked him up and give him that confidence to play with, and you could see that on the pitch. And I think Carlos has some of those same traits as well. So if he's going to do it, it's got to be this season. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I mean, I'm Dan Garner's biggest fan. To be honest, I've always always backed him. Um, I I don't see, I do see how you can't. 
back him because obviously he's he's not brought the goods, of mm. course. But I think he's been unlucky. I think this, this last season he was arguably our best player under Bruce. He, he looked like he was back at his best, confident on that left side, taking players on, and then it just kind of fell off a bit. Carlos didn't play him at the start, got injured in January or February. And then you're feeling like, ah, it's just, I just feel like it's been a bit unlucky. Of course, he has to get a bit of consistency going. He has to show us week by week that he is that player. Um, I have complete faith in him because I think he's, yeah. he's got it in him. Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent, as you know, the old adage goes. Um, uh, but yeah, he has, he has got to show it. I think it oh, is meant to know. He needs to start popping up with goals and assists. Yeah, more than one. It's, always, uh, it, yeah. it's what he's lacking. Like, yeah, he's he's very good at retaining the ball, holding to the ball, and playing off and bringing people in. But he needs to go back to that form where he was popping up with, with a goal, with an assist here and there, just, just showing a bit more yeah. end product. Not turning into the next coming of Matthias Pereira, but <laughs> just showing a bit more decisiveness and showing a bit yeah. more. Um, Lisa must go in forward, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But yeah, I think to, to summarise, Preston away on Saturday yeah, is going to be quite, quite a hard game. Um, I can see quite a defensive game on both sides. I can't see it very open yeah. as, as it was against Watford. Um, but it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Well, debatably, mate, it could be very uninteresting if we uh, <laughs> if we've been playing like we have been. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be. I don't want to say even. I think it'll be an even game. Preston will probably be a bit better than us, but I think it'll be a classic, much like Watford, much like Bristol City, where we sit back, wait for the counter, and to be honest, I think I, I would like him to go all out as everyone would. But you've got to get the draws away from home. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Well, I think that uh, brings all of our talking points to an end. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining me off today on the podcast. I've thank really you. enjoyed it. The inaugural episode. <laughs> and, <laughs> many um, more to come. Many more to come. So thank you. Definitely. Thank you.